Star Talk, where the only thing lower than our standards is a Titan submarine. In the studio today, we have Tom. Oh my God. Tom. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. What? They're not dead yet. Oh my God. So not gonna lie. About four hours ago, I was like, what if Tim makes me do the lead-in again? I should do something topical. I'll make a submarine joke. But oh nope, Tom God. did it anyway. Oh Thank you. Lucy had texted me and she said, bring up the sub, I dare you. And I'm just like, I'll make it the intro. Oh, oh my God, yes. God. Tom. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm also here. Dying inside. Oh. <laughs> that was a good lead-in. That was great. And awful. Oh, yeah. Hey. No, I- it wasn't gonna be good. Don't if cancel. I come up with an intro, you know we're fucked. Don't cancel the podcast. Just cancel Tom. And this is Tim. <laughs> oh God! All right, that was that was that was that was. Thank you, thank you. No, I hope you. I put more time into that than I do in most intros. Okay, so <laughs> in the studio today with us, we have some of the mods from PA Survival Fest. Uh, we have uh, Director LASIK, also known as um, Spike, Spy Mike, Michael, Mike, anything in that realm. TK1139. Oh, yeah, that too. I need to get that on the Yeah. Grove City Dark Dad. <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, Luke. Hello. And we also have Ryan. Hello. So everybody in our server knows Mike. He's one of our moderators, but he was also the uh, game director for PA Survival Fest. Um, why don't we hear a little bit more about our other two guests? Um, Luke, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of a running joke that... Mike and I are doppelgangers of each other. I basically did a lot of what he did at Geneva College. I was the game director for the Marvel Zombies Invitational last fall and was one of the moderators for PASF this summer. And Ryan has been on the show before. Yep, yep. I'm returning. I was here last summer to discuss some of the the fallout after uh, and we're 2022 at RIT. Uh, I graduated from RIT last year and then I was uh, involved with PASF this year. Um, so I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty long one. So in the interest of time, why don't we skip recent projects? Although I've got a doozy for next time. I've been, uh, beta testing something, uh, with our guests from the last episode. Um, but you'll hear more about that later. Uh, so Mike, you already were on with, um, brain and the evil entity known as Pandora now. Can you find the staff of Janice? <laughs> um, I, I think I think a good place to start is um, if people have listened through, they kind of learned how we got here from like my perspective, um, and part of that was when we were bringing on moderators for the team. There was an application, interviews, and one of the things I'm curious is Ryan was one of the moderators that went through that process. So kind of hearing his his same stuff from his perspective might be a good starting point. Yeah, I could talk. Yeah, so Ryan, why on earth did you sign up for this? <laughs> well, so at the time, uh, we had 
kind of gotten off the back of End War. Uh, the year was getting older. And uh, John, one of the other RIT and PASF moderators, a good friend of mine, uh, and I were working an event together locally. And he started talking about the uh, the possibility of an event um, a little further south this time that might be able to, uh, you know, scratch some of that same itch that people were hoping to get from End War that either may not have or we're just looking for more of um, some of that large scale invitational um, magic. And uh, so I told him, you know, let me know. Let me, you know, let's keep an ear out. Let's see what happens. And fast forward a couple of months, I'm talking to Mike. We we had filled out that application. I was all to try and get another crack at it. Um, and Mike had reached out and we, uh, you know, kind of just kind of got to know each other first. Right. That's that's how Mike runs things is he wants to get to know you, you know, check out any common interests and figure out, you know, where you guys have middle ground and then go from there in terms of, you know, material questions. But that's part of why the team was so great already is just because, you know, we all already had you know very similar interests, very similar goals, et cetera. And that mm-hmm. was um, kind of really exciting to hear. So I said, you know, I'll jump right in if you'll have me. Nice. Yeah, I'm very happy that there was an interview process that, um, People were willing to take the time to have a conversation, talk about things. It very much made it easier to get kind of a, who's going to work well with each other? Will there be problems? It very much made a lot of what potential issues you may see with other groups just kind of get avoided. Um, But did that, started having meetings. If you want to hear my side of the thing, there's a... Before the game episode from April or May, I forget when exactly that went out, um, but that kind of has a little more into it. Um, there's YouTube videos that we put about just kind of updating people on the process as the process happened. Um, those have some information. But the actual event itself, um, really, it really started for us like the week before in terms of the like crunch time get stuff done um that video if you haven't seen it and luke amazing video editor um needs to try uh try and upload it to the youtube channel again but uh, last time i checked it said it failed trying to upload Uh um but one of the things that i really and we spoke about this in kind of the before episode was we really wanted things to be immersive. We want you to feel like you're there. This world exists. The characters exist. Um, so many people r- really like the idea of there being a story and a world to it. And one of the ways I wanted to do that was I've heard all the videos of like, people doing intro videos for games it used to be like a big thing and the idea spawned on a random day of not to mention um spawned on a random day of hey adventure stories like what we were trying to tell what we wanted to communicate alongside the game was that we wanted to kind of put people in the middle of it And what better way to do that than to start in the middle of an adventure. And so we decided that as an intro video, 
we were going to recreate the opening scene to Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. with obviously our own kind of spin on it. We have some fun, quirky moments. There's clearly HVZ shenanigans. Um, but one of the things that came with that was that the video ends with my character and Luke's character, which he was the, um, if you've ever seen National Treasure, he was the Nicholas Cage um, that we named, uh, what, Mick Rage? Yeah. Because Nick Cage plays the same character in every movie ever. So why, why go with the character name when you can mock the actor name? Exactly. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love National Treasure, but it is it isn't a Nick Cage movie. He doesn't shake his hands up above his ears and go, "Let's go." But part of that video had us going into the briefing room, like we just got back from this grand adventure and we're being pulled to go do something else, and we had timed it so that as the video hit that point and ended, we actually came walking through the doors as if you were just watching a camera follow us around campus for the last 10 minutes. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really well done. Oh, I am so happy. I know, I think, Dark Sweep caught that whole thing on video. I'm hoping we get to see it soon. Um, because that was just... Re- it was really fun to get to do, and I think it was a good way to just kind of start the game by throwing people into the middle of it. Um, well, and and to be fair, you had been kind of building up the ambiance and the story and whatnot through the Discord server for weeks before that. Yeah. In, um, including the story interactive safety briefings that you held. Yeah, those, those were great. Um, I'll say, go ahead. Um, no, this is all you. You guys talk about it. Uh, but that was that was one thing I was adamant about was safety briefings are always a big part of the game. Very important people go to them, especially with the amount of safety concerns that have come out of all of the large games recently. Um, so we did the online safety briefings and... We had kind of planned from day one. So the story, the whole story, so that everyone's on the same page, is there is this agency called uh, DARK, the Department of Artifacts Recovery and Containment. Like, 90% sure I have that right. Hmm. Um, But the entire storyline was DARK took their top operatives and sent them off to the Cradle of Chaos. It was this temple, and the idea was there was an artifact in there that was the wings of Ma'at. Ma'at. I always joke that it's Matt. Um, But the idea is that was an artifact that produced order. It kept things in check. And the original team was going after it, in order to, one, just kind of, hey, this is a powerful thing that's good to have at our disposal. But, and that was timed out that that was starting, like, a week, two weeks out to the game. Um, 
timeline wise. And so that was two weeks out because then a week out on Memorial Day, the idea was their expedition went awry. And that lined up with the first of our online safety briefings. And we're like, hey, let's, we were planning on doing something to kind of exemplify that they go missing, that there are problems. And we're like, hey, let's just do it right then and there. There are people there. And it was really funny because in the safety briefing, it was primarily Kelsey Brain and I, and the two of them forgot it was going to happen. So that was completely ad-libbed as well. It was Kelsey, Brain, you, and whoever was moving the slides on Brain. Yeah. Um, I think we figured out what was happening with that. It was the fact that it was being streamed to Discord and YouTube that the two instances were, like, fighting with each other. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, we did have people watch on YouTube. They found it very helpful. We had, I think the first night we had probably close to a third of our player base actually watch the online safety briefing. Um, but yeah, people forgot that was going to happen. We started going into it and we just kind of went for it. But the idea is, so during the first safety briefing, they go missing. And so it becomes a, during the second safety briefing, the second online one, it was, all right, let's 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 start gearing up. Let's get the stuff together. We got to go. Um, and so that gave a lot more character to everything. I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. Um, it was wonderful. Um, but you get to the actual game itself. So A-Team was going after an artifact. It goes missing. I show up with, like, the backups. And so... The idea is each of these teams includes like an occult specialist, a scientist, some sort of military soldier person, and then various other people as needed. And what this kind of gave us was it gave us our group of like heroes. And they were the ones that during mission one, we kind of rescued a lot of them, found some more in the process, uh, really built that ensemble cast. I love I love the idea that it's not just like a one HVZ is a team game. And that not only applies to the players, but it also applies to the moderators. It applies to kind of everyone. So having a story that is a team is just makes sense. But mission one was we did the difficulty breakdown I know that's been discussed um, and we were kind of off to the races at that point. Um, so, so Luke, how was your mission one? Cause Luke as Mick raid, um, one of the things with the whole difficulty system was we wanted to give players um, sort of like a handholdy. If there are a lot of newer players, it was like Baby. the easiest difficulty Baby's first HVZ. Yeah. And part of that was instead of you having to just kind of wander till you find your objective, we were going to kind of give you someone to hold your hand. And that was uh, Luke as McRae. So, Luke? Yeah. Yeah. So, Mission One went pretty well. The group for Mission One was really big. Like, I started with, I think, 
a lot of like the newer players. I think Pit Tech was with us. But then about halfway through the mission, uh, Southern Maryland hopped in. And I thought the whole time, I'm like, oh, this is a completely another mission group that probably abandoned their objective. But nope, they were part of Baby's first HVZ. It was Maritime, Geek Squad, and Southern Maryland. So the mission one team was pretty big. I think uh, about like halfway through, I said to Jenna, who was playing Aster, I said, hey, we're like almost done the mission. And so we were talking over the radio as well. We're just like, we're going to throw in a couple more holes just to kind of stretch this out a little bit. But overall, it went pretty well. And just to kind of hop back to the heroes and villains thing, um, because a lot of the theme was also Borderlands, uh, a lot of the early discussions were about like the classes. Um, because if you know in Borderlands, you have like your different classes and you can modify their abilities. And that's kind of where a lot of the upgrading the heroes came from within the game was sort of borrowing that concept of like, hey, you're like leveling up your main characters. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot that kind of got left. I'm going to say left on the cutting room floor. It's stuff that over time just morphed and changed. And that was one of the harder parts was when discussing mechanics. And I know not all of them worked. Um, There were some that were used less than others and things that we are reassessing for the future. But there was this original intention of, and it exists, Brain had a big brain moment and took all of the main characters from the Borderlands franchise, um, both protagonists and antagonists, and essentially said, if I'm putting this character into an HVZ, what do they do? And some of those changed over time, but there was a number of elements from that still carried. Um, but by and large... Mission one was pretty straightforward. Um, we were kind of getting into our groove. Um, it was really funny because we people were providing updates over the radio. And I hear from John, no one's found me yet. Wow. And we're like, oh, no. And if you listen <laughs> to the previous episode, you know why. Yeah. I, I blame you for drawing that oval real big. <laughs> But it, it, it was very much a, because it was funny because we were trying, I was trying to get an idea of like where everyone went to try and know who was in what mission groups. And it was really funny because at one point I'm like, I have no idea where Detroit went. Does anyone have them in the group? No, no. Oh, so they're just missing. Okay. Yeah, we're on eight Eventually, fine. <laughs> I mean, it, it things worked out. Let's make that um, a tradition from now on. Next passive, Detroit's just going to go missing to give Mike a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, it's a small campus, and there's not a lot of walking if you had, like, two stuff. You know what it was? We were at Sheets. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funnier part was, um, if I recall, and I would double, and I'm going to probably double check the slides, I think it said go to the beginning of the disco course. But I also realized you guys might not have any concept of where that was. If it said that, I completely missed it. I just saw the oval. Because so here's the thing. The the mission that we did and the mission whose circle was right above us were very similar in color. So like even after we picked it, I wasn't positive we were going to the right circle. Um, 
So the other circle was brain, which was I think the next difficulty up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because brain was three. Um, but it was really funny. So that was one of the other things that um, we can say now. Um, in mission one, because the villains and their abilities and what they could do, they were very much um, support to the horde. Um, we could provide a full explanation of what they do. I don't know if it's been covered yet or not. Um, but the um, but when the horde kind of got the briefing, they were like, "Hey, there are these villains. Pick one." And I think they chose they chose the stun locker, which is if you I mean I think it's been covered, but it is very much if you've ever heard of a headhunter out of New York, um, or very much it was if they hit you with any ammo, you took a knee as if it was a horde egg, and that villain was the main reason we had included PVP turned on was during our brainstorming, it was, how do we, if we want to make the humans, like, because Borderlands was a big discussion point early on, and one of the things, if you've played the games, is there is a lot of, I'm going to say military bases you have to go through, and they have turrets. And so the question was, how do we give the zombies a turret? (laughs) Because that was the question. Was if we want to put the zombies in a fortified base that the humans have to get into, how do we give them a turret? Um, which may or may not want to bring back for future years because just the idea of there being turrets are fun. Um, but they had chosen the stun locker. The fun thing that was not told to the humans was part of Brain's mission was they had to go and build the BFG. Um, which had and, which had parts from Detroit's BFG. Correct. The fun thing was each one of those was technically assigned to one of the villains, and whichever one got built, it's was a different villain. Yeah, I do not remember who got summoned for that. That was, was it? that was me. Okay, so how how was that? I. I do wish that I got a little bit more action. I had a couple zombies kind of like come by and just wish me a good day and carry along. So I hung out with them for a couple minutes, but I didn't really see uh, didn't really see much uh, towards the very very end of that mission. Uh, we had a small group of humans run past. That was that was about it. Did they ever hit you with the BFK? On they hit me. They hit me during mission. What was that three? Three. Okay. Yeah, they hit me during three, and then they hit me during the final mission. Obviously. Okay. Um, because three was, um, or part of that was they had to go fight one. And the, and at that point, the BFG was, if you fired and you missed that ammo was dead and you got one piece of ammo. Right. I remember that we had to upgrade it to be able to reuse the ammo. Correct. Um, so yeah, the humans kind of picked their poison unintentionally. Uh, you'll find that being a, a, reoccurring theme at times um, with letting there be some player decisions that can impact the game. Um, one, Another one, 
kind of moving along here, because mission one, everything kind of got completed. Wasn't really any problems. Um, and we roll into mission two. Mission two was um, the, and this was something else we had said, we talked about and kind of put together was commonly in HVZ, there are in, in very broad terms, three major play styles that people like to play. There are the runners that are just, I'll just outrun the zombies for the duration of the game and I'll be fine. There are the people that are, we want to stack a ton of ammo on ourselves. And who would do that? <laughs> tactical mosey. Uh, and move and tactical mosey. And then the third group are the ones that are, okay, if we take this route and that route and then like move this way at this time, we'll miss all of them kind of idea, the, peop the, the people that want to have some brains to it. And also, uh, in kind of true fashion, um, we wanted to kind of take those archetypes and, one, design a mission that has that as an element, but then also kind of put it on its head, um, which I might want to do more of next time. Yeah, I need to make that should be. I I need to make a note because then not only can people choose to flex their strengths, but they can also go out of their way to try something new with another enthusiastic group. Yes, um, and so I know you guys took the the brain track, which was the puzzle solving. Um, I know that didn't go completely according to plan. Eh, um, close enough. Certain elements of that puzzle uh will need to be reworked um i don't know if i had a chance to explain it but part of the idea was that when you guys were building the numbers the idea was you were supposed to be like out where the flags were to start and those were essentially like your nodes of a seven segment display and yeah that's, that, that's what i kind of figured um and then i I didn't quite catch why she made the change, if it was time or if something else had messed up. I think it's a mix of time, prep, and just that was a very, like, four-layer deep puzzle that I could definitely would not have... It's something that I think should have had more clear instructions for you guys. Um, but the... Other, the first thing you guys had to do was the ammo dump. And while Wait. I don't think... Oh, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, the, the part where it was you need to sacrifice ammo to enter. Before, we, before the puzzle even started. Yeah, I don't, and... I don't think you guys were counting on the fact that uh, the people who normally uh, go heavy were all going to go on the brain uh, mission there. I kind of hoped it because while it didn't actually happen um, due to some communication errors, um, that bucket of ammo um, was supposed to be delivered to the to the charger oh. and power him once. Yeah, that made me very nervous, Tim, when I saw you drop your entire drop leg and the Cajuns put a lot of their shells in there. And then I think I heard someone say, oh, we'll get that back on the way out. And I thought to myself, 
is that still going to be there on the way out? Yeah. But then it never got delivered to him. But well, I think the zombies had their own supply of ammo they gave him anyway. And I kind of expected that. It, it wasn't my drop leg either. It was my shoulder pauldron. So, I mean, there were six mags and two socks instead of nine mags, but that's still a lot. But I didn't eat, go through even all of my chest rig during that mission, so it was not missed. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really funny, and I know you mentioned this, um, you were talking about how the last part of that mission for you guys was sort of like the scene in the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Um, fun fact. That's exactly what it was. Uh, yeah, because that was on the list of things that have never been tried in the um, five-minute respawn episode of, like, Moderator Wishlist. Well. It was that example I listened to. It said, that would be fun. And it works well with the temple. We should do something like that. And then it went through, like, four iterations of how to make it work. At one point, it had, like, an actual stoplight. <laughs> I mean, you actually, you guys actually got a kill off of it, too, so. Yeah, um, that's something I really hope to do. One of the improvements for my, because there is a long list of things we want to improve for next year. And one of those is, at least on the back end, on our end, is making sure that people are um, better aware of how things are. Um, I think now that we have a year under our belt, that'll be a lot easier. But so that was your mission, too. Um, I know there is some footage from some of the other groups. Um, really, the biggest challenge we had with mission two was the Horde. And this was... Everyone has different takes on how the Horde should function, what they should do, how they should operate. I know a lot of places are... They are still players. They, can, they should just kind of have free reign. Um, but we had kind of designed this mission in the way that while it might not make sense to the Horde, but if you divide and conquer and work with the villains, uh, I could have seen every group take decent loss because, um, as you guys are aware and spoke about, you guys had the flesh beast and it's like, okay, we have to hold a point or we're trapped in kind of a small space. And there is this essentially unstoppable force kind of slowly lumbering at you. Um, yeah. Braun should have been slaughtered. Um, yeah. In there. Yeah. Um, cause they had the tank rodeo and they had the charger. Um, and then the funny thing is the third group, we joke that it was like, if you want to be the speed squad, you want to do all the running, all the moving, go and then we turned it into a very slow escort (laughs) (laughs) it it, it was very much a we would have sent all the runners to the slowest escort possible (laughs) Uh, as brain said that was end war 2 retribution um so um the the whole idea was during mission 2 they were building this key to enter the temple it was really another boom staff. The fact that we built four, essentially four different boom staffs for this is still really funny to me. Um, but the idea was you had Aster, who was the occult specialist, and you had Tiamat, 
Tiny Tia, which was essentially another chaos deity that just kind of decided to take up residence in the area and then help us. The, t- the idea was the two of them were... Tia had hidden the three pieces to the staff, to the actual rod itself, um, but, her, uh, but Bryn and Star, who were the mods playing that, um, the idea was it became a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure, so it was they, all, they started from the same point, they would get to a location, and the two of them would start arguing over which way to go. And then they'd make the players choose. And one way was always better than the other. I'm going to say that much. Um, but you were moving at their pace the entire time. And I know, I was going to say, Ryan, I think you were around for this? Yep. I was there, and I uh, I did actually get to see the human group come and go. And um, that was right before the slow walk up the hill, actually. I was right there at the uh, the statue circle yep so we got to uh we got to kind of follow the humans up together um but again the the villains were intentionally placed against the groups where they would be most effective so the brawn group that had the we've got to do a lot of shooting and fighting and firing was put against a villain that very much was hey, if you put a lot of ammo at me, it just makes me stronger kind of thing. Um, The same way that the two villains that the Speed Squad had to face, or the Speed Group, was very much a, we are going to, it was the stun locker to, you know, slow down an even slow escort. And the, what Ryan was, which was a respawner, in which that allowed for, you know, if, if there were only three or four zombies, they could keep moving a lot faster than the entire horde. And so part of the idea was that the zombies had tools. Of course, they had elected to stay as a group, and... The tools were set up for more proportionally small groups. Yeah. Um, but that was mission two. Uh, three was free play and lunch. At that point, we had had some issues with the zombies uh, in rain. Yes, we did get hit. We did have to pause at least once for the weather. Um, but we had some issue, some safety concerns. And so a lot of the back half of Mission 2 into Mission 3, at least my day, turned into safety and adjustments. And there is now a storm coming. Um. So yeah, we gave the zombies a talking to. Um, it's it's really one of those things where HVZ, because of the nature of the community, has evolved so differently in so many different places. And and as we've seen very well put in the past year, that doesn't always work together. But um, mission four, it was lunch and then mission four. Uh, mission four was, I'm sad because as we kind of told people or now have fully revealed, um, we had purchased a 12 foot beach ball and it was supposed to be a boulder. And it and, remained a one foot beach ball in its box. Yeah. Wait, 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 ready? Wait, 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 wait. 
Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yes. Emotional damage. Yes. No. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, but we're gonna. I want to find a use for it next here. I'm slowly starting to think through ideas of what we could do with a twelve foot beach ball. Um, but the funny part was that was what was supposed to. Um, I was supposed to. Um, so the hold happened. The humans were running and were moving into the temple. I was supposed to come running with the boulder chasing me. Um, and that was like an actual boulder to split the humans. Um, and that was what was supposed to kill me off. So I was always supposed to die, just not the way I actually did. I thought the way you died uh, was more dramatic. Oh, it was significantly more dramatic. And the fact that it's the uh, third time's the charm with that. Yeah. Wait, I'm like half brain. Third time's the charm. Well, uh, so twice, so twice during Grove City games, like Grove City weeklongs, I have been um, killed in that fashion before. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say if, um, if people remember, even in the very first Grove City invite, I get kidnapped. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Um. So. So I, for some reason, like torturing myself, but. <laughs> well, now, now, um, it, now it's immortalized. It's there are pictures in multiple places. Yes. The players uh, have so much fun bullying you. You got to give the players what they want. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad because um, reading through some of the feedback, I know some people were too far away to actually hear what was going on. And I'm kind of sad that it, that that wasn't clear. Um, again, some ideas. Okay, so I guess I'm curious then. If you were supposed to die under the boulder, yeah. What? How was the big reveal for Pandora going to happen originally? Uh, so the game would still pause. Um, and that was something else. There were a lot of that particular mission had a lot of moving parts, a lot of hands on deck in terms of proctoring puzzles, moving the tape, and that turned into a um, very much a race. And so there sh it should have went longer, especially that last part. Um, but the idea was the humans were supposed to get to the final room and like essentially holding the point to try and um, disable the final puzzle to retrieve the wings or the feather and at that point game pause would still happen kelsey had a monologue and would just kind of go for it the big difference would have been instead of instead of the humans being it would have put the humans on the other side of where it happened of where it happened where it actually happened and so you guys actually would have had to go start to get back um, wow. which makes the, um, which definitely makes the whole infinite boomer a little more scary. Um, it didn't even need to be infinite, but, but yeah, no, the, it was, it was not, I don't want to say 90%, but 90% of that kind of kept as is when it came to the big reveal, the, the converse, the, 
discourse that Kelsey and I had as she was walking up was supposed to be this big, long, like, monologue at the humans. Um, but You sly dog, you caught me monologuing again. Yeah! Yeah, no, it was basically going to be something like that. Uh, and then turns into the this is, and as Kelsey put in chat, it was going to end with a, this is the part where you run and then calls the boom. <laughs> this is the part where you tactical mosey in a death ball. <laughs> and then form a chain. Uh, <laughs> and then due to some time and the fact that not all the missions went the way we intended. Um, there was significantly less. We expected a lot more people dead going into finale than actually were. Um, you planned appropriately for that, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for as much as we planned for having some of the best players in the game, we still didn't plan well enough for some of the best players in the game. Um, a number of objectives we expected to take significantly longer didn't. And so we just kind of, I mean, you guys could uh, definitely expect to take us, take that into account for next year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the number of times where missions, what we had anticipated or were planning to see happen didn't, uh, so this is something that happened. So Luke was saying his mission one was very large. And what had ended up happening was the group that did go to Brain, that was supposed to, you know, go build the BFP, ended up being very small. And so it turned into more of a, we're going to go sneak away if zombies show up. And so there was a lot of human group got slammed outright by the OZs. That the surviving humans took off, and it turned into essentially a stealth mission. There was a lot of players adapting to what we had planned, and then we, in turn, had to adapt accordingly. Um, but, but finale was it was fun. Um, definitely some mechanics that, because we were making adjustments uh, that really need to be reassessed. Um, one thing that I don't think anyone saw coming, and looking back on it, I still have mixed feelings about it, um, because the the final stand, the final mission, the all hell breaks loose, is Pandora has now revealed herself as the big bad. She has decided that she is going to try and destroy this artifact of order to further um, push chaos on the world. And you need to get to her. And part of that is recovering your team, which got kidnapped in the whole flee from the temple. And so it was it was a boss rush. You had to face all the villains one final time and then go take on Pandora. Um, and first villain uh, took a bit, but eventually the humans were able to break through second villain again it wasn't a easy it wasn't easy from what i could see um but what caught me off guard and caught everyone off guard was the second villain was in a green that was at the corner of two buildings or it was in 
an L-shaped building space. So there was essentially a wall to the back of the zombies. And so the humans essentially formed a line kind of from building to building. And so once they had completed their objective, they took off. And the next thing you know, the humans are actually ahead of the zombies, which was not something any of us anticipated. We always had kind of expected the zombies to be first. And what made that even further interesting is by the time the zombies caught up, the humans had essentially blitzed objectives three and four. And I kid you not, both humans and zombies, in a really humans versus zombies fashion, rushed into the final area at the same time. And... It It was very much battle. Yeah, it was basically like the race is on. Um, And at that point, I just kind of sat there and said, all hell broke loose. We're just going to go. Yeah, both sides were like, the determination was just go. Um, I wish we had that final bit on camera because it, looking back, it very much was, I think, (laughs) very to humans versus zombies at that point. Um, And the other thing, because you can't go through this end at that point, um, at that point we were very much also like, we're going to just kind of let the zombies go wild. And one of the things that happened earlier in the day, because now that we've kind of covered the general start to end, um, there's going to be a little bit of bouncing around. But earlier in the day, um, there were some incidents with single weak point, which was one of the mechanics. Um, it's really funny. A lot of people appreciated it as a mechanic. Um, and part of that is in New York, those are their tanks. Um, which I don't know, Ryan, if you have more information, but it seems like a lot of, a lot of New Yorkers were very happy to see essentially their versions of tanks make an appearance. Well, yeah, so, you know, at least right at RIT, our typical tank is just stock only, um, stock or the Elephant Blaster, which is our kind of local version of a BFG. Um, But, yeah, like you said, a lot of the New York schools will run some variation of, you know, a tank is a zombie that can do, you know, most zombie things, except they're only vulnerable to this specific type of ammo. We don't really do walking-only tanks. So uh, we've seen a couple places that have, like, you know, stock and MXL or just MXL and Mega. Um, but that was actually something that we get small tastes of, at least our group, when we go to the other schools in the area. Uh, so I know some of our RIT guys are really excited to, to diversify those loadouts and contend with a couple different variations of that in the same game instead of being able to just, you know, just use one type and be safe. And that was a big part of wanting to kind of blend those cultures in. Um that was kind of a, a big part of a lot of the zombie perks was we wanted to try to bring those cultures. Uh, one thing that really ended up not working was because the weak point could get stacked on other things, um, it kind of made it, it very Like an Go information ahead. issue more so than a mechanical issue. Yeah. Um, but that kind of went to a point where Doling some of that out was a lot more, wasn't as freely given as I kind of wish it was. Um, 
something that I know will be adjusted for the future because I want to make sure zombies have noodles and shields and stuff more. Um, but yeah, final stand, we decided to just kind of let all that stuff really go for it. And we finished, took a picture, and somehow we timed it perfectly with the oncoming rain. Um, yeah, that was like perfectly timed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chaos one, the skies opened up. <laughs> yeah. The clouds rolled in. I am so happy that nothing major had to get cut for rain. Um, like all of the main story esque missions got to get played out despite us having to deal with which at some points looked like torrential downpour. Yeah. Um but there was one thing, um, because now I'm jumping around. I know a lot of people love the tables in the briefing room. That was very much a I want to make sure that is offered. It is so nice when you have a place to put stuff down. Um, but trying to think what else about the weekend. I mean, a lot of it's been covered at this point. So I would like to hear each of your favorite moments, whether it was something that you developed and then got to see come to fruition, or it was just a matter of circumstance and the right thing happened at the right time to the right person or whatever. I'd like to hear each of your favorite moments. I'm going to go last on that. So I can go first. I've got a pretty simple one, I think. Go for it. Uh, but this is what I've been you know, bragging about when I got home. Uh, is I was uh, I was given the, the the highest honor of actually hiding uh, some of the PVC components for the Build a Boom staff, and uh, I don't know if any of y'all were in the original group looking for those, but uh, I I think I found a particularly nefarious hiding spot for the first post. Um, is there was a gazebo down at the valley uh, to the right of the briefing room, and that is where the group was first supposed to find uh, one of these hidden pieces. Now, conveniently, the gazebo in the corner of that quad uh, uh, had these plastic rods to make up the railing that were just about the same size as a PVC pipe, and wouldn't you know it, one of them happens to be missing. So I went ahead and I wedged the uh, the PVC pipe inside the gazebo rail. So if you really looked at it, you could clearly see it was a little bit short and round instead of square. But from a distance, you'd have no idea. Oh, that's amazing. And there's not really any immediate payoff for me because I was over, uh, you know, fighting in a different area with some zombies. Um, and uh, kind of forgot about it for a little bit until a few hours later between missions, I heard a group of people walking by. Did you guys see where they hid that pole? And just the whole group, you know, laughing about it and sharing a picture. And I that was... That was that had to be my favorite moment is getting getting payoff like that and be, being able to candidly hear feedback right in the moment. I'd be proud People as hell excited too. about what you're doing. I, there I, is a picture floating around. I have seen the photo. It's I amazing. need to. I need to see this. I have not seen this photo yet. I didn't know this happened. <laughs> yeah, I'd be proud as hell too. That's awesome. I'm Luke. gonna kind of cheat with mine. Uh, one in game and then one after the game. I think just witnessing final stand from afar. And just all the chaos of it was just really nice to see, especially with like, oh, there's the rain in the background, just really set the mood. But I think like outside of the game, my favorite moment was, um, I don't remember when it happened during closing, but us reading off sections of the Declaration of Zombie Pendants, because I got 
So the story with McRage's development was I got home from, like I finished up grad school, I came home and just sat down and went to town writing as many Nick Cage Easter eggs into it as I could. Like there was an orange chain for Ghost Rider. The actual like dossier was the reference to Wicker Man. But the declaration itself kind of started as a stupid idea in a mod meeting and ended up just being this massive like love letter to HVZ as a whole, to, like all the schools that were present. So, to further elaborate, um, I was also to say, Luke, <laughs> uh, Luke, I do need, I know you do need to go. Um, do you have any other thoughts before you disappear into the ether? Yeah, um, I think first off, kind of going back to the very start, it was very interesting seeing, like, to kind of be working on two games at once with Marvel and this game, and seeing a lot of things that Mike, you and I left on the cutting room floor then get brought over to this, whether they got used or cut again. But seeing, like, the development of one game is like, okay, this won't work, throw it to the next one and see if it works there, and then making tweaks. And, Mike, you can go into it, but, like, there were also some mechanics that did were either inspired by or drawn from uh, mechanics in Marvel that either got used or scrapped. But also just, like, I think this was, like, my first invitation of this scale just being present one, because I have just had really bad luck with making it to end war and other large events so seeing like all the schools from like all over the area kind of come together for the first time for me was a pretty good pretty great moment from the whole thing um so my mo favorite moment man there are just so many good moments from the day um honestly my favorite moment was the awards just seeing the camaraderie and excitement that was in people's eyes as we did awards, as we read off the declaration, as we talked um, at the end, just the um, the joy and excitement and the, so when are you going to do, do this again kind of comments were very encouraging and inspiring and getting to put this experience together for all of you. Um, I know that's kind of a cop-out, but that is probably my favorite moment. Um, because I had a lot of fun. I think everyone had a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of new friendships have been made from it, both between the mods and the players. Um, was it perfect? No. Um, but as... And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it, because um, I we kind of put a post about it, but um, Luke put together a um, like a recap video with some footage and some pictures from the weekend. And as it does say at the end of the video, uh, we are going to be planning a year two. Um, I don't think people would let us not do that. Spoilers. So we'll be back. Um, it's not a spoiler unless they tell us the theme. <laughs> we may or may not, as a mod team, already have a theme picked. Because, um, so for this year, for year one, we let the players kind of vote on a, th on a list. A curated list that the moderators have put together. And the winning one, as we've stated multiple times, was this Indiana Jones Borderlands like pulp adventure. Um, and so next year, um, obviously the moderators also had a vote part of the process. Um, 
the one that won the moderator vote is going to be the one that will be what we're doing. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, really, it was just great to work with everyone. I, I know some people probably expected a lot more tea spilling, but at the end of the day, people had fun, and that's all there is to it. I honestly don't know if there was a whole lot of tea to spill. Yeah. You guys put on a great event. Um, and as such, and as Brian has now been informed, um, between that and the amount of stuff Ryan has hidden that never got found, um, <laughs> Ryan is now in charge of hiding everything from here on out because some of those spots are gloriously mean, and I love it. I'll happily oblige. <laughs> Do you guys think it'll be at Mount Aloysius again next year, or are you looking at uh, larger venues? So... Mount Aloysius was great for a number of reasons. I think it had a very diverse landscape. It gave us a lot of opportunities to do things. The hard part is, with there being no host organization to work with, as well as it being the size it was, um, I mean, even though we didn't hit our max player capacity, there was a, technically a cap on how many players we could have just because of the venue size and given the efforts we've already put in and are starting to do for next year, we're looking for bigger venues. Um, there's a couple that we have in mind, um, some very historic HVZ campuses. Um, but that is a discussion for when we start back up again in, in like a month and a half. You guys are hitting the, hitting the, uh, uh, iron early, striking before it cools. Well, yeah. I mean, I started figuring out things for this event back in August. August feels like a good point to start. Because um, this year we get to skip all the icebreakers and we can just get right down to it. Some of us already have some ideas we're pretty excited about. So, Yeah. Um, it also means that now that there is a core group, it kind of gives us a starting point so that we're able to kind of we are able to, I don't want to say diversify more, but it means that if I'm busy trying to recruit new mods, other people can be working on other things um, because we are expecting some growth and we're planning accordingly. So I know one of the first things in August is going to be a new moderator application and starting to start that whole process again just to kind of expand and grow the team um, because we enjoyed it. We got a lot out of it um, and I would love to see what new people we can bring on. Um, I know we've, as a team, we've discussed some potential people that we've talked with and we know that if we're partnering with a host school and a host organization, we'll be able to potentially pull from their ranks as well. Um, the big thing is I only foresee us moving like once or twice more um, long term once we find a place we're content with and has a good relationship with the school and the team there um, if you get a big enough campus you can run a game there every year and it feel vastly different oh absolutely and so well, I mean just look at end war 17 versus end war 18 I mean, we saw a completely yeah. different. I mean, they they have their classics that they love to, you know, the uh, the green. Um, yep. But they also West. have areas that you know we didn't even go anywhere near 
in 18 that we did in 17. And honestly, um, this is getting a little off topic, but I was just on their campus for a game back in March. Um, you know that area in the South Green that had all those like walkways you could go up on? Yep. Most of those are gone. No way. Yeah, most of the walkways are gone and at least two of the buildings are torn down now and there's like a hammock. It almost looks like a small child park and there's like a big gravel like patio there now. Huh. Yeah, that campus has changed. Um, it's it's And that's the other thing is college campuses change over time. So it's so the hope is, you know, with a big enough campus, it will always feel different despite the fact it might not move. Um, the intent is still to keep it in the Northeast um, for as much as we can. But yeah, there's there are a lot of thoughts of what like year two, year three, not a year four, uh, year four plans. I haven't thought that far out, but I know a number of us really, really enjoyed it. We and, and hearing the wonderful words that have come from countless individuals has just kind of fueled our fires more. Um, as well, it should. I mean, like we have already reiterated in in two episodes at this point, covering content uh, after the event, and this will be the third. Um, it was a fantastic event. You know, the the con was small, but you know, intimate and cozy. The um, the gameplay uh, by by and large went off without a hitch. Um, you rolled with the punches and adapted as necessary. Um, and you had a, a good and friendly and welcoming mod team. Yeah, I am. I can never say enough how proud I am of all of them. I mean, you had people like Kelsey and Brain that have probably close to 10 plus years, not just as players, but as moderators throughout that time. And then you have people um, like um, Star and Tyler. Um, they just finished their first. The two of them finished their freshman year at Grove City. They are, by and large, kind of new to this world. And so it's really exciting to see how they've embraced it and kind of stepped into their own. And now they're writing, like, the Grove City invites for this year, and I'm really looking forward to see what they do with them. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and that was part of why the recruitment to the mod team was the way that it was, was I wanted not just the best of the best with veterans. Um, but I also really wanted to bring in some new people, people that were passionate about the game and that maybe they didn't have all the experience to really moderate, but were willing to learn, willing to kind of see what everyone else was doing during like the meetings and stuff and kind of run with it. And we've got some exciting stuff planned. Both with the moderators and teaching and also, you know, running the game itself and trying to provide a good example. We're, we're trying to set set standards for what the best the game can possibly be. And I don't know if we'll ever achieve that, but that's it's kind of the core mission, right? Is to say, this is this is the best we think that everybody can enjoy HVZ and have yeah. that be the standard if possible. Yeah, um, especially coming out of the pandemic, um, the idea what makes a good hvz was very much the mindset of it happened and there is a level of quality and detail that 
almost everyone in here saw it, End War 17 and 18, that feels by and large has been lacking since. And that was something that I definitely wanted to make sure got brought back. Um, well, and definitely just, succeeded. That's that's good to hear. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I should go listen to the the, the episode we did before to see just how what was said there. Um, but yeah, no, I had, despite the fact I'm ex- I was exhausted and kind of old muscles that hurt for two weeks posted. Um, I am so happy people had fun. Um, I will never be able to thank the players enough and I know they will be excited for next year and the long list of things we have in store for it. Well, we can't wait. All right. Sh- uh, should we move on to shout outs? I think it's good time to. Yeah, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Right. Yeah. So, Luke, tell us your uh, shout out. I really want to shout out the, the Cajuns for the whole event. They were That was my first time meeting them, and they were great. Um, they were amazing to interact with just from the few times I did. And also, the shirts they gave us were amazing. Uh, especially that they said PA Survival Fest. I, I wore mine hammocking last night, and it was incredible. So I just want to shout out them. And also for, um, I don't know what we're calling it, but you know the, the blaster that we've all been picking up now on the server. Uh, I picked up one, and Mike and I were messing around with it and having goofy ideas of what we could do with it. The Betty Blooper. Uh, rumor has it there will be a file set going live uh, later today that will have single mega, double mega, mega XL... Uh, three round half length, five round half length, um, rival, uh, fantastic shells. All oh, that's available. exciting. Yeah. So, uh, there should be a link at some point in our server in the, uh, uh, blaster shop channel. So keep an eye out for that. I want to see it master keyed. Ryan, how about your shout out? Honestly, I'm just, I'm thrilled that we were able to bring up as many of the RIT locals as we did. I know it's a bit of a drive for some of those guys, uh, and some of them hadn't really traveled for long-distance HVZ before, so um, I'm particularly you know, happy that some of the people that we get to play with here got to uh, got to see how HVZ can be elsewhere, and uh, hope they come back again and enjoy it again. Cool. Mike? Um, so I got two. Uh, first and foremost, the entire team that put this together, um, Every everyone kind of put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, uh, metaphorically and literally. And I cannot be prouder of what we were able to accomplish. I also wanted to thank the France Foamworks team and the blood, sweat, and tears they put into helping with a lot of the logistics. Um, but the bigger one is a huge shout out to all of the players that were able to come out for this year. Um, it was truly special getting to see you all, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all next year. Sweet. Tom? Yep, I will shout out GSP. <laughs> uh, he, he, can you blame me? He sent me some Wagyu. Yeah, how was it? It was pretty damn good. Wait, yeah. he actually sent you the meat? I thought that was a <laughs> joke. Oh, no, he actually did. Wow. <laughs> right? Dude's insane. Yeah, I got uh, some uh, 40 Mac shells from him. But in return, I have uh, a howitzer and a, uh, well, I have the 
what is it, GL06 is the one that everybody's been buying up, and then also a M79, which is the other one that takes the same shells that uh, I, I have to send to him because apparently he couldn't get them shipped to where he lived for some reason. Uh, I'm still thinking. Alex, go. Um, My shout-out is going to be slightly ironic because it's to Eric uh, for the next two weekends from now uh, hauling my butt to Endor because I realized I could I could go visit my family in Endor this year. It was going to be like an hour and 45 minutes away, and that's also where Eric lives. So I'm going to ride up with Eric and get to play with Eric. So, so shout neat. out to Eric. That's awesome. Give him big hugs for us. Oh, I will. So I, my shout out goes to uh, uh, Alan, a.k.a. Derek Silver, um, uh, for taking the bull by the proverbial horns and uh, doing all of these uh, shells that he's been working on for the, uh, the the new server favorite blaster, the howitzer or the GL06 or however you want to call it, Betty Blooper. Um, I, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, beta testing those shells for him and i think uh, people have a lot of fun with them because uh, it's it's a nice non-gas powered alternative to uh, adam's um, snoot booper mm-hmm. a little bit bigger package because you have to have a spring but uh, it uh, is very versatile uh, you need mega okay you got it you need mega xl you got it you need rival or uh, you know elite half dart shotguns you got it maybe even some more that uh, will come in wave two. Yeah, he's done a really good job on those. It's been fun watching the development, and testing some of the shells out, and yeah, I think the uh, the blaster is cool because it's gonna it's easily it's it's affordable for what it is, and pretty much anyone can get it because it's on Amazon. At least anyone in the U.S. I guess. So that's cool. Uh, anybody, anybody not well, in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> True. We just gotta know someone in Michigan who can ship it to him. You can't get those shipped in New York either. You can't get them sent to New York? Seriously? Yeah. No, so there's there's certain ordinances with certain counties. Uh, like oh, it's county. Imitation weapons. So some states will just get blacklisted entirely so they don't have to review each individual postal code. Gotcha. I was going to say Luke had his shipped to my house and then came and picked it up when he was passing through. Um, Because of that, I now have a bin of gel balls just kind of sitting in my kitchen they're super satisfying to play with aren't they yes yeah my kids get them from time to time and i find myself just like playing in the metal bowl that we fill them up in mm-hmm. brain was kind of take kind enough to take uh, delivery of mine so well uh, next time i see him i'll i'll grab it from him yeah well like i said keep an eye out for those shells there's going to be some fun ones and i i hear there's already plans for uh new shells in wave two very exciting. Obscene shells. <laughs> like, this should not exist. What I have just seen should not exist. <laughs> well, we I will say nothing else. <laughs> Buff Daddy would be proud. I really do want to see how they make Vortex work. I don't know if you can. Yeah, that would take... Let's just say the gauntlet for that has been thrown down. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you on the next episode. Uh, Thanks for joining us.
Yeah, kid, thanks for having us. Yeah. Until next time. Giggity, giggity. Hello there. Oh, we're just doing this at the end of every episode now. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>